Welcome to Dissecting the 80s. I am Trip Lano, one half of the Mega Podcasting Powers. And with me, as always, is my tag team partner, a man who knows that if you don't select the right drill bit for the job, you're going to struggle. The Macho Mandrew. Andrew Lano. See, I thought you were going to go for, like, King of the Slumber Party. Mm, nah, man Feels more appropriate for my feather pillow. <laughs> yeah, for my, for my branding, that feels. The... Well, I you've got this mustache now, and it really exudes this air of masculinity that just is very undeserved. And I, I it's I, real uh, deceptive. Yeah, it's like, oh, that guy knows how to handle a drill. Here you go, swing this hammer or something like that. We are continuing our month of slasher films, slashuary. With the very ill-conceived Slumber Party Massacre. So you know what that means. We gotta go back. We gotta go dissect the 80s. It's your power drill. Something's gotta be done about your power drill. When the mega powers explode. I'm talking about the 80s. Great Scott. Cream of the crop. Oh, yeah. So I would love to read the original script for this movie because it was written by a feminist author. Me too. And the point of it was to lampoon slashers, which seems like something I would be totally into and really interesting. Instead, we got a movie from the woman who wrote Mystic Pizza... Beethoven, an indecent proposal in the director's chair. It's just kind of a straightforward slasher. But I also need to say this early on here in the episode, and this is an apology to all the folks out there in listener land. Are all the actresses, rather, in this movie look the same, and I literally couldn't tell anybody apart for the entire 75 minutes. They do look very, very similar. There's a subplot where one girl is babysitting who's supposed to be her younger sister. Is the the same age. She looks older. The younger sister looks older than the other one. They give her a lollipop at one point to make her look younger. It's great. Oh, it's so bad. But it's they're, like the younger sister, and I'm using the liberalist air quotes here, is it looks like a 35-year-old and the babysitter looks 32. It's bizarre. This whole movie is very strange. It's, it's, it's 77 minutes, so there's not enough time to establish anything that you care about. So they just skip that part and just go yes. right to the stuff happening. It's very yeah. weird. It's it's as if it was directed by a teenage boy because all that happens in this movie it's is disgusting. Murder. It's, it's disgusting. so gross. It's so gross. And I it's don't get why. Like it's directed by a woman and written by a woman. Like it's the whole. It's well, incomprehensible. The written by the woman thing. They the, the studio clearly took the script and were like, eh, whatever, forget whatever you wanted to do. This is going to be straight up horror. So I get that things would shift there. But like a lady director wouldn't be like, let's make the women the subject of the film, not the object of the film, maybe. Yeah, it's now it's produced by Roger Corman, or at least uh, came out via Roger Corman, who is notorious for nudity and exploitation type movies. So that jives. But you would think that there would have been some influence from the director about that. In particular, I know I'm jumping ahead and we'll, we'll circle back, but there's a shower scene where the camera just sits at the level of this woman's butt for like 30 uncontested, uncontested no, seconds. No, it goes down to it. It's at her shoulders and her head while she's talking. 
in her sentence pans down to her soapy butt for literally no reason and holds there, then pans back up. It's the grossest thing I've ever seen. And it only pans back up because she's starting to turn around and it'll show you her breasts. Like, incomprehensible, Mm -hmm. incomprehensible choices from that point. Mind-boggling. Yeah, yes. So we'll start at the beginning of the movie and work our way to the aforementioned shower scene. Uh, We get a newspaper saying that a mass murderer has escaped. And inside two minutes, which is definitely the fastest it's ever happened on this show. Yeah, breasts inside two minutes is... In is is Skinamax is what that is. That is a skin. <laughs> this is basically a Skinamax movie. I genuinely put like, in more. Is this the wrong movie? Did I? Is yeah. this like a, a bum upload? Now this is available in its entirety on YouTube uh, in high definition, no less. It's a very yeah, it's nice cool. transfer it's that someone uploaded. Yeah, um, many people are getting ripped off, but it's it's astoundingly good quality for a YouTube yeah. upload. All the all the actors in this movie who went on to work such illustrious things as nothing. Are losing out on that royalty money. The actresses in this movie are so unknown that I tried to look up the age of one of the characters so that I could at least have something to talk about in this podcast. And she has just nowhere, no information about her on the internet. She was in three movies, including, stay tuned for this February, Death Wish 4. Oh. And then almost nothing else. Yes, Trish, the main act, the main character, the main, uh, the, the main woman in the movie is also in Death Wish 4. Hmm. Uh, so we get this. We get this very fast nudity, and so, uh, like I said before, this movie establishes nothing and just takes a lot on faith. It feels kind of like the uh, fourth or fifth episode in a TV show, like yeah, where when things start to get going. Yes. Yeah, I was like, I don't know anybody. You can't do this. Um, <laughs> and so the main, the main girls like throwing away a bunch of toys for some reason that is never really established and her parents leave and someone her creepy older neighbor we think seemingly takes one of the dolls out of the trash can and we get to school where i i genuinely went why is a student working on the phone line outside the high school oh because she's not a high school student she just looks the same as all of the children yeah all of the the only person in this movie who looks of a different age than the there, there's two two people in this movie who look of a different age. It's the the killer who we meet very quickly and they show his identity immediately, and two the creepy ass neighbor who you said was like kind of creepy and I'm putting in the definitely well, creepy camp. He's I'm he, at at that point in the movie he's just a little creepy. Okay, L- all right. Like we very like the next time we see him it just bumps to an eleven. Um, oh, for sure. But you're totally right. This phone employee is like 17 years old easily. Cuz well because it's these two dudes like very like super bad being like, "Well, what about trying to date this girl?" And then they immediately talk to the woman on the ladder, so I assumed she was the girl they were talking about and she wasn't. Yeah, it's it seemed like a shop class project where yeah. they were doing something like for extra credit or something like that. So like she basically is like buzz off and they start to leave and she opens the van door. And I was like, someone's in that van. She's about to die. And it 100% is. And it's a really nice, like, jump moment. And she's trying to get their attention. Yeah, it is. And he kills her with a giant, like, concrete drill bit. <laughs> it's it's three feet long. I don't know what this tool is for, but it is bananas big. It's like for drilling through a dam. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't I don't know what the purpose would be of this. We never get any explanation as to who the killer is. Well, I mean, like, we know his name, 
but like beyond that we don't know nothing about him as a person why he kills who he kills why he kills anything at all like it's just like he he looks so and he looks so goofily stupid and creepy not in the creepy way if that makes sense he's like he just looks derpy and dopey it's so weird and I, I do want to point out that we talk a lot on this show about how much we don't want backstory for characters, but there's a difference between a mysterious backstory where you don't really understand the motivation for what's happening and this wherein the killer just appears and starts stabbing people, which like I know there's a little – like in, in the, the original Halloween movie, you get that whole thing of he's an escaped killer and – there's a character telling you, oh, my God, this is the most evil person I've ever seen in my life. He must be stopped. In this movie, it's just a guy with a with a drill bit. Because doesn't at least the first Halloween open with Michael killing his family? Yes, as with a kid. And they're, they're like, this is – yeah, and they're like, this dude is so sick in the head. He killed his sister when he was a child, and then he like, he's just the most demented murderer of all time. Great. I'm there with you. I get that. This movie is 77 minutes long. I think you can afford a couple minutes to tell me who the hell I'm looking at. It's so short that you could watch this movie twice and still be almost shorter than the new Star Wars movie. Oh, so I Which is ba- bananas. I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard it so long. It's great, I've heard. I've heard it's great, but it's so long. It is two and a half hours, and we will table the how good Star Wars discussion is for another time, probably off air. So what? because again nothing is explained i went people are watching gym class that's a thing you people choose to do (laughs) uh it was pretty delightful that they were having this like very competitive gym game of basketball it wasn't gym class it was some kind of tryouts oh so people were just watching the basketball tryouts okay but nothing was established so i didn't know what the hell was happening there's also a moment where – so the coach is, like, yelling things indiscriminately of just, like, get close to the basket. Pass it to Sally. Don't be a and ball hog. For the most part, the basketball in this is competent for actors playing basketball in a not-basketball movie. But there's this one moment where a girl rebounds the ball, and she's right under the basket. Like, it's an easy layup, putback. And instead, she passes it to another girl who dribbles in and from the same position she was standing in – shoots a layup and it's just one of those like why is this in the movie like what is what are you doing with the storytelling that there's this much basketball that needs to be part of this yeah it's 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 cool that the girls are super into sports and it's not played in any you know you know butch way it's just played as these are just everyday girls who are super into sports i like that that's kind of cool but also it's kind of all they ever talked about that to the point where I was like, can we shut up about baseball for five minutes, please? <laughs> there is a running subplot about two-thirds of the way through this movie wherein two of the girls are trying to ascertain who scored runs in the previous night's baseball game. It's torture to listen to because they just keep going back and forth. And then they call this basketball coach and be like, hey, who scored the third run in the baseball game last night? We know about Dominguez's home run or whatever they say. And then the coach starts rattling off names and it's it's – who could possibly care about who scored in this fictional baseball game? Why is this a topic of conversation? That's what you chose to pad your runtime with? Baseball talk? Yeah, like how about they talk about each other and their lives and give me something to care about? They're so paper. 
So this one w- girl goes back into the the gym to fetch something that she's forgotten, and there's some pretty cool shots of the empty gym where it, it's kind of a crane shot looking up, and she looks very small and isolated. It's it's some pretty cool directing. I will say there's a bunch of really well shot sequences in this, to where I was like a little there, bit surprised. There are that, also uh, some very well not very not well shot sequences well that is that is absolutely true but there's there's definitely somebody with talent moving the camera in this movie which is rare for this show so they were doing this thing that like typically in movies there's the one person who's like i don't know if i'm gonna go to the party guys i'll let you know and then the killer kills them so that it's inconspicuous and nobody notices that they're not there like that's usually like the catalyst and they have all the ingredients for that but then they never use that no, because we have to have a shower scene, and that's much more important. But after the shower scene, I mean, like, she goes back into the gym when it's all done, and, like, there should be the moment of, like, I'll catch up with you guys later, I'll meet you at the house at five or whatever, and so that she can be killed, and they can be like, I wonder where she is, I'm getting worried. Right, it would be that the, the two versions of that are, you know, oh, she's not coming to the party, or the, oh, she's sneaking away to be with her boyfriend, and then she gets killed. Yeah, Exactly. So, yes, I did gloss over. Before this one single woman goes back into the gym to get something she's forgotten, at under eight minutes in the movie is the second bout of nudity, where there's that long, gross shower scene that we talked about earlier. It's like Carrie, but not tasteful. They also have the worst water pressure I've ever seen in a movie shower, which had to suck for those actresses because it would have been cold. Like, they they clearly were filming this for a long time. So these poor actresses were standing there naked forever. And... You would hope that there would at least be enough water pressure to, you know, stay warm and, and not die when you have to be naked for a whole day of shooting. Because clearly this scene took a day. It had to have. And it's it's like it's like you turned a hose on low. Yeah, it's barely trickling out. And there's no, there's no steam in the room, so they're probably all being tortured with, with how cold this water is. I mean, you can also kind of see their nipples. And by kind of, oh, I mean you can very clearly see the nipples. <laughs> this, this whole, this whole, the only thing in this movie that you don't get is actual full frontal nudity, which I was legitimately stunned by, given how much casual breasts and butt is in it. Yeah, I, I was like, how is this movie going to cross? Is that going to be a line that we cross in this movie? I would say that there is easily six minutes of filmed nudity in this seventy-seven minute movie. Yeah, I'm just, I don't get why it's so like short. There's close to. T- there's close to 10% nudity in this movie. I think, I honestly think because it was put out by Corman, it was probably put out as a drive-in double feature, which is why they wanted them to be short. So you have oh. like three hours total with an intermission. Yeah. And this is probably the second feature. So you didn't want to be too, too late. So my hunch is they cut it to ribbons, which is why there's no story in it at all. And it's just murder and breasts. Oh, it says it was given a limited release. Oh, interesting. I would have assumed this is a drive-in movie, but maybe not. Yeah, a drive-in. This is perfect drive-in entertainment. Although, do they put boobs on drive-ins? I, I honestly don't know. I feel like we talked about this once before, maybe in the Monster Squad <laughs> As episode. that question came out of my mouth, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> we had this it's conversation like, before. <laughs> I, I guess that it would depend on the surrounding area of the drive-in. The <laughs> yeah. only drive-in I've been the to doesn't center. really have... <laughs> right, elementary well, school. The only drive-in I've been close to is not near a residential area, so I would assume they can get away with it. Although, in 2017, they cater to families, so there's not anything yeah. past PG-13. Um, 
so they they talk about inviting this new girl to the party, and then the one snobby girl's like, "Oh, she's an idiot. We shouldn't have her at a party." And so the girl is like listening to this and runs away crying because duh. Yeah, it's, of course. It begins a string of this cur- of this girl Diane being a bad person and a bad friend, and I keep not understanding why anyone talks to her because she's the queen bee, obviously, and not in not Beyonce. I mean, like the generic <laughs> queen bee. Queen B without a Y. Put your Twitter away. I don't. I don't need it. <laughs> I mean, hey, if we start a Twitter war, that might get us some some exposure. Buzzfeed <laughs> will be like, "Here's 40 Parks and Recs gifs that describe how we feel about the fact that Dissect in the 80s doesn't like Beyonce." Not like. Do you not no, like no, Beyonce? Because I thought no. I was on an island with that opinion. You are on an island, and it's you not that I don't like Beyonce. Off. I just. Let me be clear again. Put your Twitter away. It's not that I don't like her. I just don't understand the infatuation. But that's fine. You can like whatever you like. You and Mom both. I'm gonna blow up her spot for a second. No, I like I all of Beyonce's pop music is excellent and fun, and I like I enjoy them. I just don't get why Beyonce is the queen and it's not Lady Gaga or uh, whomever. Like I just it all is the same to me because I'm old. It's just all generic pop sounds. I don't know her. Beyonce has been branching out, and I like her branching out stuff. I again, Lemonade, great album. I it's not that I don't like the music. I just don't get why she was the queen. But that's fine because I'm old. It's fine. I'm allowed. I'm allowed to not understand. <laughs> anyway, um, this one girl goes back, and we've we already know who the killer is. Like instantaneously, we see this guy's face, and it's not a person we've seen before in the movie, so it's not a reveal. And all it does is make it go like, okay, so the the killer's this dopey dude. With stupid he, looking he, eyes. Yeah. Uh, he chases her through the gym and into the locker room where there's like a cool uh, camera is on the – the lockers are kind of like parallel lines and he's coming down, coming down one side of it and she's on the other and there's this really cool camera shot of like she runs past, then he goes past and it's 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 pretty neat looking. But he manages to wound her. Well, they also and then she, apparently lock – they used to lock schools with chains and padlocks apparently. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that was about. I'm wondering the, if that was because the production didn't have keys to the school. Oh, maybe. Because the woman, the, the the gym teacher was, or the coach was like, hey, don't be too long. They're going to lock up for the weekend. And I was like, didn't school, didn't the last activity just end like 10 minutes ago? Good Lord. <laughs> right. He's like, get out. Is it, We're trying is to it go get drunk. State? <laughs> They're trying to get to happy hour. And like, even then, even if the school's locked, you can still get out usually. Like usually you can leave locked public places. You just can't get back yeah, into the yeah. public place. I would bet serious money that the production, the, the high school that they were st- clearly stealing shots from, w- the only way they could do this was with a padlock. That's true. Or I'm, I'm surprised they wouldn't have just done something like, it's locked, just pretend it's locked. Don't actually open the door. I mean, that would require much, much more of this thing called acting. I'm not sure if you were watching what we were watching, but there's not a lot of that to go around. There's not much, no. So the killer is chasing her, and she gets wounded, and then she gets away. But as she, as she hides from him in a closet, she bleeds so much that the blood comes out the so bottom fast. of the door. <laughs> it's like it's really... six pints in the space yes. of 40 seconds. She gets lightly grazed on the arm, like the kind of wound that your hero gets in the first act of the movie, so that like later it, it's like kind so of so that the woman a can tear off cool. the stomach of her shirt and wrap it up. Exactly, it's that kind of wound, but hers just like 
is is just spurting blood basically uh not that we see it but there's just a gallon of blood that drips out and then the killer drills through the door before drilling her to death mm-hmm. um so we leave the school and there's some very straight out of halloween shots of women walking down the sidewalk holding their books and the creepy noise and just like it's there's like four shots that are just exactly from halloween like the camera angle is the same it's in the same like low angle up at the women and it's like I get it. It's the best slasher movie of all time. But, like, what are you doing here? Like, we we know. We all saw it. You can't hide <laughs> yeah, that. The, the people that are here really like that movie. Stop reminding them that they're not watching Halloween. The number one rule of the show. Don't remind me that I'm not watching yeah, a better a movie. movie. Yeah. Um. So, eventually, the lead girl goes home. And... She uh, she's in, she locks her door or whatever, and she's talking to her friend. She's like, hang on, I think someone's here. And her creepy-ass neighbor is just in her house being the creepiest. And typically, in a horror movie such as this, the uh, creepy neighbor is what is referred to as a red herring. The audience is designed to think they are the killer. But you know when that doesn't work? When we've seen the killer's face and seen the killer killing people and know that it isn't this creepy neighbor. So what is the point of the creepy neighbor? I sincerely thought that it was so obvious that the only logical answer was it was going to be a double killer movie. Oh, that would have made this interesting, actually. The only thing that made sense to me is like, oh, the neighbor is also a murderer. And then there'll be like a murderer v. murderer showdown in Act 3, which I thought was going to be. Yeah, where they both are stalking the same group of girls. Actually, I, I should trademark, trademark, trademark. That's a cool idea where there's two simultaneous killers and they're both accidentally stalking the same final girl. I like that idea a lot, actually. And Let's then, write and, that. And then it, yeah, and at no the end there's it. like, yeah, well, I said trademark. It's it's fine. That's how it works, I think. Yeah, and so he is in the house and her friends show up with beer and weed like any good friends do at a high school party. And the neighbor is in the kitchen like puttering or like baking he's in there for so long that like, he's baking he shouldn't cookies be there, in there anymore or something. well also okay yeah so he goes that's okay i'll wait with you till your friends come but she never said her friends were coming over so i thought that was a clue that he was like yeah me too listening and a murderer yeah i and her i also don't, don't want to gloss over she is making when he interrupts her she is making the shittiest sad person quesadilla she has a tortilla out with a bunch of shredded cheese on it and there's a bottle of hot sauce next to it and there's no other condiments or anything that's the gym teacher oh see i can't tell any of the characters in this movie apart (laughs) that's the gym teacher doing the quesadilla oh okay yeah i i again couldn't tell any of the characters apart so i screwed that up uh no there her friend is like look what I got for my brother. And she very loudly says like soda pop to make, to be like my neighbors here, you idiot. She's like pointing over her shoulder too. She pulls out a, a comic again, a comical bag of weed for (laughs) what's supposed to be four girls for an evening. I was like, how much do you all need? (laughs) It's like a lot of weed. It's, it's a good, like half a pound of, of, of loose green leaves in there. And she's like, it's Maui Wowie. It's the dopest shit. And then the neighbor comes in and he smells the bag and is like, yeah, that actually smells like some pretty good shit. Well, also, the the main girl is giving the universal sign for stop, shut up. Yeah. And the yeah, friend yeah. does not comprehend. Like, 
cross doing the like the forty five degree angle hand at your throat across your throat like stop yeah cut yeah, it out yeah and like the waving her hands so real fast. chill though. The neighbor is so chill, though, that I expected him to just, like, take some weed when he left. And that was going to be how he got murdered. Like, he was going to be smoking weed, and then the killer was going to stab him. No, instead we got, hey, I won't tell on your weed party if you don't tell your parents I scared you. What? So. I'm sorry. So upsetting. So upsetting. Meanwhile, at the gym teacher's house, she's making a sadness quesadilla. Which is just cheese and hot sauce. Also, like, kind of my classic go-to quesadilla. No salsa? I dip in a salsa. I like a cold salsa. Ah, okay. I guess that's fine. I at least, I, I, I have no problem with just a cheese quesadilla, but normally I'll put, like, and I said that wrong on purpose, I'll normally put the salsa in there because I, I like to go a little buck wild. Oh, see, I usually just use, like, I also, we're, this is just us talking about how our, like, preferences. <laughs> an, I like, our quesadilla preferences is as interesting as this stupid movie. I like taco sauce. I use, like, Ortega taco sauce. Okay, that works. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. I just, it seemed like, now that I know it's the gym teacher and not the high school student, it is a, definitely a sad dinner. <laughs> That's, well, I, she's having a sad quesadilla. We also missed the part where the high school teacher almost got a drill to the face and was unfazed. Yeah, she's very chill about the whole thing. She goes to unlock her door and a drill comes flying through the door and we're supposed to think the killer's there. And she's she reacts like, like a feather just fell off the ceiling. Mm-hmm. And it turns out her also very manly lady friend is doing construction on her house. And I was like, okay. We get it. The gym teacher's probably a lesbian. We get it. Would That's you say? Would you say that they? Would you say that they might have a couple of dogs together? They might live on a farm. They might drive a Subaru. <laughs> they might have a U-Haul on retainer. <laughs> Wait, I don't get that one. Oh, because uh, lesbians move in on the second date. Have you ever heard oh, that joke? Yeah. That every sitcom I know, makes, I but it's so that. true. No, no, I didn't. I yeah. didn't. I did not know that. The the setup. What does a lesbian bring on a second date? The punchline is a U-Haul. Oh, I new to me. New new reference. Uh, anyway, so this party starts. The friends are arriving, and they all decide, "Oh, we should change into our pajamas." Now we're thirty minutes into the movie, and this is the third scene of nudity. And this one is also gross, lingery, and male gazy of like slowly taking shirts off and putting shirts on slowly and whatever. And and like I get the- people change like p- changing in front of people is like whatever, but change. I feel like it was really weird that they were doing it in the living room. Yes, and I also liked the array of pajama choices that were given to these women. I like so there's that one too. girl who's. The, the one girl's wearing, like, kind of sexy, you know? Like, it kind of, uh, you know... The plunging neckline one? Yeah, yeah. Like, a, it was like a... Like, a, what is that thing called? Kind of like a slip, but like a very sexy one. It's like, you know, she's she's she clearly wants to be seen. The other one's wearing, like, a long basketball jersey that just says, like, USA in a three-digit number, which I don't understand why no. it would be three digits, but okay. But that's also kind of classically sexy, like, just wearing a shirt. And then there's like a t-shirt and shorts combo and there's like it's a very wide array of female pajamas present in this thing which is not what I expected from this movie. No, I thought it was going to be like everyone's in friggin' brown panties and shut up. Yeah, exactly. Cuz this movie is clearly produced by the creepiest man on earth. Um and then there's another dumb moment where the girls are in the living room and they hear something shatter 
and they walk in and there's an empty coffee pot broken and steve on the austin stove. is running the place and he starts just punching everybody <laughs> and there's a, like a broken coffee glass coffee pot on the burner and she's like i left the coffee pot on the burner and then instantly picks it up with no problem and i was like you didn't then you super didn't leave it on the burner <laughs> Yeah, that that was that was pretty incomprehensible. Then we go over to the loner girl, and we think she's gonna die because her she goes outside to like pick up the trash cans or something stupid like that. Yeah, yeah. And we get the like building tension moment, like oh she's gonna die, she's gonna die, she's gonna die, and then she doesn't. And I was like, thank God, because I, I I want this girl to live <laughs> or to get psycho or to get telekinetic powers like Carrie. Like I would be down with that too. <laughs> And then the host of the party starts, like, putting out snacks, and her, her one is a plate of artfully arranged Twinkies, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, they were, like, put fun. out, like, spokes on a wheel. Yeah, it's like, yeah, look, you don't have to have the fanciest snacks, but you can plate them well. I also thought it was interesting that they dumped the tube of Pringles into a bowl. Yeah, that's that's the wrong way to eat Pringles. I'm I was, sorry. I know that. I was like, you reach into <laughs> the tube, and you get your hand stuck, then you pretend you're Mega Man. <laughs> Or if you have large hands like myself, you pour them into your hand because your hand stopped fitting in a Pringles tube like 27 years ago. Or as you put it in, it just rips out like the Hulk. Exactly. That's I just have shredded cardboard all over my house and Pringles bits. <laughs> I should just stop eating Pringles, but hey. <laughs> I have to have my reconstituted potato. Once you pop, crisps. you just can't stop. <laughs> exactly. So... The one girl goes out to get firewood for the fireplace, and the neighbor is out there killing snails with a machete, which kind of no, seems... No, it's with a butch, with a, like a, like a cleaver, like a meat cleaver. Oh, I thought it was a machete. Well, in any case, it is a very large weapon for a very small thing to have to take care of. Yeah, and she also reacts to seeing a snail like it was a snake or a, or a rat. Yeah, she's very scared by it. And also, he appears to really kill a snail on film, which is a thing that you don't see from a mainstream movie. Yeah, that was weird. The, 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 like, I'm pretty happened. sure that wasn't a stunt snail. <laughs> he got hazard pay? No, I think he killed a snail on film, yeah, and it, no, like, I know. nobody I was, was there to joking. oversee it. The snail died. <laughs> the snails don't get paid trip. Many snails died to bring us this picture, because you know they had to do more than one take. Some oh poor God. PA... So snail. yeah they were like look jerry take this frisbee go out in the backyard and fill it with snails we need as many as you can catch no you're missing the other important part of that where he had to pick up the dead snail and then reset it with a live snail <laughs> yeah of course he had to he had to uh, uh what's that leaf schreiber show uh um, he's a murder killer or murder cleaner upper isn't that his thing in that a show I I don't I have no idea what you're talking about. Hang on, two seconds. <laughs> I might be not Ray Donovan. Wait, that's what Ray Donovan is about? I thought so, but I could be wrong. I've I've seen maybe uh, a, like a couple minutes of that show, but I, I don't. Just I have no idea. That's I thought Ray Donovan was about like a fixer, like more of like, a Winston Wolf type. You mean or like a like a scandal person? No, like a Winston Wolf guy. Like he cleans up after your mishaps. I didn't know he was. I don't. I have no idea. I haven't even seen. Yeah, a cleans trailer. up after your mishaps. A person, but that, like he's a fixer, a person who arranges bribes, payoffs, threats, and other shady activities to ensure the outcome desired by the client. So he does not clean up crime scenes in the traditional sense of like the guy who's there to clean up the crime. Oh scene. no, he's not. He's not Cape <laughs> Blanchett in Hot Fuzz. He's like okay. 
He's like uh, on his knees with a sponge. Like getting He's like the- Winston Wolf. Yeah, okay. Other people have seen Pulp Fiction and are getting the Winston Wolf Got reference, it. I assure you. I, I, I assure you. you. I assure you. I believe you. So the neighbor gets killed with a drill. We spent a lot of time talking about a snail. Let's just get to what happens. He gets killed <laughs> with a drill, like, very quickly. Then we cut to the other girl's house, and she's babysitting the, the younger sister, who's, again, older than her, and the well, younger sister is looking at a playgirl. There's also the part where... You missed the part where the, the our main girls are... um reading the newspaper for fun at their sleepover <laughs> yeah that that did seem a little out of place to me very bizarre like can i see the classifieds my dad lost his job last week like why what what is this i get that we didn't have cell I know, phones but come on or cable yeah or cable so it was like let's listen to 45s and read the paper let's find out what's going on in the world <laughs> So he gets killed, and then, like I said, we're, we're, we're at the other girl's house where the younger sister is looking at a playgirl that appears to have Sylvester Stallone on the cover. It's very bizarre. And, like, they're, her sister's, like, weirdly okay with her watch, like her reading her Playgirl magazine. She just doesn't want her to rip the centerfolds out anymore, which I thought it's was weird. kind of hilarious. Yeah. So as the girls are reading the paper, the main girl is like, I'm kind of cold. And she goes to open the like look at the wind to make shut the window and she says did you shut the garage door when you brought the firewood in diane who is the worst friend and diane turns and goes oh i don't know not oh let me make sure i let me go check let me it's just like i'm not sure i don't care <laughs> really it's anyone's guess right and then they see that uh the barbie doll that she threw away in the beginning of the movie is now like bloody and and knifed knife pinned to the window it was a good serial killer move and so they go to make sure the door is shut and uh, it's great because they walk in she goes oh the light bulb is broken and the girl's like but we can see the door is shut like you can see the door is shut from here and then uh it's an old garage door that was didn't like wasn't segmented it was just one flat piece that you had to like push up and pull in and then you have to lock it from the inside with your foot. And then and then they they apparently lock the killer in there with them, but he disappears. It, there's a lot of confusing stuff going. <laughs> and the garage door is immediately unlocked somehow. So this boyfriend who sh- like he shows up and they say hello and she goes inside and does this whole rigmarole like, "Oh, we're going to get some beer just to have an excuse to go make out with this guy." He also gives the creepiest face. If you uh, if you're watching the the YouTube version, uh, go to 44 minutes and 38 seconds, and it is literally the creepiest face in the he world. He also looks like a he looks like a grown up version of the little kid from Bad Santa, which is weird. Oh, I don't know that reference. Uh, he's also the little kid who gets killed in Trick or Treat. He gets poisoned. Oh, that kid. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. He's like very round faced and has curly hair. Yeah. Anyway, it's one of my favorite shots in the whole movie. She goes inside and is like, oh, you know, we're going to get some beer, but JK, I'm just going to make out with this dude. And then when she gets outside, she goes to kiss him and his head literally falls off his shoulders. It's great. Yeah. Uh, It would imply some sort of magic weapon used to decapitate him because there doesn't seem to be any blood, even when the head falls off. But it is spectacular. Yeah, the car is very clean. But also, her friends don't hear the horn honking, but somehow the next-door neighbor does? 
Yeah, it's very strange. Because her instinct is great to hit the horn and like get someone's attention to save her, but her friends don't hear her. No, they're deaf and stupid, and it's not even one of those like, oh, they have loud music on. There's just just no excuse. They try and say that the sound of the blender is too loud. Oh, that's very stupid. <laughs> also, <laughs> like so we dumb. forgot to mention before before the, she goes inside to make up the excuse to make out this guy, they're fooling around in the car a little bit, and we see her uh, breast come out. So again, we're a like forty five minutes. Yeah, but you said we're what? The timestamp is like forty four. Mm-hmm. So every that's fifteen like minutes th- or so in this movie. Yeah, this there's this standard trope of action movies that you have to have an action beat every ten minutes, and this movie is worse than that. But also, it's breasts. Yeah, it's with boobs. So the one guy who has snuck into the house uh, also forgot to mention. I'm kind of all over the place with this back and forth here because it's kind of a mess of a movie. But the guy got kind punched of. by one of the girls, and her answer is to get out a hot dog and try to put it on his black eye like you're supposed to do with like a piece of beef or something yeah and he's like this is not what you don't use a hot dog this is dumb and she's like no no put this hot dog on your eye and in my head the character knows that this is stupid but just wants this dumb boy to hold a hot dog on his face so he (laughs) smells like hot dogs i think she does i think she's like yeah bullshit this isn't real but yeah i want to see you hold a hot dog on your head like i know you were peeping on us so this is my vengeance is you're gonna smell like hot dogs so this is where we were talking before when they won't shut the hell up about the uh, the number of home runs in a game or yeah, something. Yeah, it's such a bizarre conversation for movie characters to have. And then they call their coach, which I guess wasn't weird then. Well, how they the only other option would be to look it up in the newspaper. And even though they already did that earlier in the movie, I guess Dad took the sports section. No, I get the, the I get the, that is a lot. Like you call someone, but like it's. Although I guess the kids in Stranger Things call their science teacher, and that's not weird. I just, from all the training I went through to become a school, a state school employee, it's very much like, you will not speak to a student outside of school. You will never speak on the phone with a student, blah, 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 blah. I mean, if a student, I, I think it was different in an era when a student could look up your home number. Because now you'd have to, like, expressly give a student your phone number, which is really creepy. That's true. Versus, like, oh, we need to just look up, like, Alice Lansing in the phone book, and we just do that. Also, the coach knows who lives near each other. We later yeah. established that. Well, this whole is, movie is very weird. Yeah, yeah. It is. Well, the coach um, runs in at the end of the movie like a, like a, like a wrestler trying to save the day. <laughs> it's kind of great. Um, but so they, uh, they knock on the door and they're like, oh, I forgot about the pizza. And I was like, you forgot about everything. Let's be honest. You forgot, <laughs> you forgot plot. You forgot exposition. Um, so they, they not, they, the boys go to the door and knock on and like don't open it to ask how much it is they ask through the door which just feels really weird and rude yeah it does um and it's a nice moment where the boys are like what's the damage and the guy on the other side of the door says six because it's the killer and he's killed six people yeah um so they open the door thinking they're gonna pay the pizza man and Somehow he was standing up holding the pizzas in front of him with both of his eyes gouged out with a drill. I assume that the bad guy was like holding his shirt and lets go and then runs away. Maybe. That was unclear. Shocking. But also, can we talk about the fact that the, the killer said it was six for the pizza and that seemed like a reasonable amount to have to pay for pizza in 1983 or whenever this was? Yeah, was, was it one pizza they got or was it three pizzas? It yeah. Looked like, it looked like you several. You can't, like, it was just a pizza, I think. Hmm. But that you were getting a delivered pizza for $6 is, a, is, a, is impressive. Oh, I know. I'd be like, sure. Yeah, I don't care. 
<laughs> this is probably going to turn into porn, so sure. Yeah, no, absolutely it will. Uh, it's really bad makeup, too, on the eyes. Yeah, it's kind of awesome, though, like in a cheeseball way. It's like very big, like built around. It, it, it looks very ridiculous. It looks like the things it, you buy at Spirit Halloween. Yes, it does. It does. So they send one of the boys for help with a knife, which is just, you know, a very bad plan. And then he sees a dead girl in the garage. She comes, like, swinging down from the roof, Michael Myers style. By Like, somehow the killer, like, tucked her knees over the garage support or something like <laughs> for that. For some reason, you mean. And then, Beyond, like, how did he right. do it? Why did he do it? <laughs> so that she could fall down and swing back and forth like a kid on the monkey bars. And then he, he gets impaled in the chest with a drill and has the most tame gentle reaction to it it's really awesome which is it seems like he's barely upset about the fact that he's getting stabbed with a drill it's like he got a bee sting yeah and so they cut to the other guy who ran out of the house to find someone and he went to valerie's house the loner girl and she's for some reason watching tv in the screened in porch so she can't hear the door knock yeah it's very weird and he's pounding, trying desperately to get into the house. And I was just like, Brosif, break in, shatter a window, get inside. Because he turns around and sees the killer looming towards, like, walking towards him and doesn't think to, like, he sees the killer looming towards him and doesn't think to run away or do something beyond, like, try a new tactic, buddy, to use acting language. Or- or even just, like, use the element of surprise and attack him first, you know? Like, do something unexpected other than just sit here like a frightened doe. Yeah. And somehow he tackles him. He, like, goes to attack the uh, the murderer. And they have a scuffle. And are somehow able to get far enough away from the door that Valerie can't see them through the giant window in the door. Like, where the hell she, did they go and- on the lawn? And it's especially dumb because you can see them having a fight via the shadows on the lawn. And she's like, oh, that doesn't look like anything to me. Like, there's very clearly two people wrestling. It's so weird. Um, so, so he kills this guy. And, he and like then he carries puts him, him in a... Tr- he carries yeah. him back to the house. <laughs> yeah. And then he opens the trunk of the car. And he, like, pushes his dead body into it. Like, he's doing some weird... Uh, that thing that teenagers in the 50s used to do where they stuff themselves into, like, a phone booth. <laughs> But uh, this was the point where I wrote, I don't know enough about this killer to care about him or why he's killing. No, nor any of these characters. Like, I don't care when any of them die because I don't even know their names practically. Yeah, it's I just I don't like the the idea isn't even super clever. Like, no, but I will say there's one really cool thing that happens after this where there's three girls left in the house and they sit back to back to back in a triangle and the thing behind them is the fireplace that's like actually on. So they can't, there's no possible way that someone could like attack them from behind. It's like, Oh, they have perfect defensive position. This is really clever for horror movie characters, except none of them have gotten dressed. So they're all wearing like kind of sexy pajamas, but also sitting in a circle holding knives. Well, sexy pajamas is the, the clothing of choice when you're running from a killer. Of course. And then the one girl in the low plunging pajamas is like, man, being scared makes me hungry. And she opens up the pizza box and puts it on the dead guy. She and pulls starts it out eating from some... under the dead guy and puts it on the dead guy. And starts eating a piece of pizza using a dead guy as a table. <laughs> what? Like, what? That's the thing that I was like, oh, there's the parody coming through. Right. Like, I believe that was in the original script as, like, a a hilarious joke. Well, that and the one that comes up in a couple minutes with the refrigerator are very clearly, like, awesome parodies. So, 
the girls like start examining the house and they hear a knock at the door and the girl who got the pizza out is like, oh, I'm going to go see who it is. That must be whatever that other girl's name is. And they're like, no, no, don't do that. And then she opens the door and the killer's just standing there with a drill. Like, of course he is. Yeah. And he slits her throat with the drill, which is weird. So they run up and barricade themselves in the in their in the girl's room. And then the sad, the lonely girl next door shows up and is like trying to find her sister and these people. And they're trying to decide whether or not to like say where they are because they're like, oh, well, what if she's friends with the killer? Where did you get that conclusion? No, that doesn't make any possible sense based on the things that you know. Like that's it's a crazy person's suggestion. And somehow the guy is able to climb in through their bedroom through the bedroom window and be absolutely silent. Yeah, he's standing there with this drill, like breathing heavily and menacing them, and they're both sitting watching the door, waiting to be attacked. It's pretty, pretty cool looking, actually, but also insane. Um, and so like they run around the room trying to get escape, and she ends up hitting him in the head with a baseball bat, and then is, just drops the bat and run and tries to unbarricade the door. And I was like, no, you hit his head till he doesn't have a head anymore. <laughs> yeah, I can't stand. Like, I know it's a horror movie, and I know it's stupid. But if a person in, was in my home and they were attacking me and I managed to, like, bamboozle my way into the upper hand, I'm going to I'm gonna hit that person until there's no person left to hit. Like, like I'm just going to keep hitting with the baseball bat. Yeah. And, and, like, Use this I'll podcast as, an, as, like, as, as evidence in court. <laughs> like, we will yeah. have murdered the person who tried to murder <laughs> us. Like, I, I know that I will live with that for the rest of my life, and I will hopefully be able to go to enough therapy that's like, it was literally kill or be killed, and you chose the smartest option, because the person was trying to kill you. But, like, I'm sorry, just don't stop hitting him with the bat, or the knife, or the just, like, keep shooting him. Like, Unless you want to pick I'm up a different the weapon. Scream 2. Yeah, but, like... Again, spoilers for the end of Scream 2. I just watched it this October, so it's fresh in my so mind. Good. There's a point where a person gets shot, and they're, like, laying there. Everyone thinks it's dead. It's like, just empty the clip into that person. You've already shot them, so, like, you already committed the crime. Just make sure that they're dead. It isn't that what happens? Just, no, no. That Like, there's a false death when a person you think is shot actually gets up and is like, I'm not dead. But I thought she then emptied the clip into him or is that the third movie a different person does a, oh, a different okay. person then yes but like there's one person that's like oh he's dead now it's like no just keep pulling that trigger until it only clicks what are you doing you double tap buddy yeah yeah um anyway the killer uh puts one of the girls in the fridge which i don't think we see but no, is like the best moment in the whole movie where the quote-unquote little sister being babysat is like, oh, I'm going to get a beer out of the fridge. And she's like, no, you're too young for a beer. And she keeps opening the door and not looking and then closing it and then opening the door and not looking and closing it. And then she finally, like, opens the fridge and this dead body spills out of it. And it's amazing. But also, why did they go into the house at all? I think they were looking for the girls. That's still weird to me to, like, just walk into someone's house. I mean, yeah, but clearly that's okay in the universe of this movie because everybody does it. (laughs) That's very true. There's also uh, an interesting thing where I don't remember the lights coming back on because there's a very clear moment where the power went out and the girls are like, oh, they must have blown a fuse because that's just the nebulous thing everyone says in, in movies. Yeah. Um, and they go and the girl's like, the fuses aren't aren't blown, but there's some missing. Whatever. Let's go inside and read the newspaper. <laughs> and I was like, that's a very red flaggy situation, lady. Yeah, you should be much more alarmed than you are. 
So the killer starts moving some bodies around and he throws one guy down the stairs where one of these girls is hiding. And then he hides under a blanket in the in the living room. It doesn't quite feel like hiding. It feels like he's like, I'm at a sleepover now. This is what... <laughs> and like that's... I wanted a reason. Like I wanted, I wanted to know why... Like was he never invited to a sleepover? Did he did he watch someone get murdered in a sleepover? Because clearly the sleepover is the impetus. And I say clearly, I don't mean clearly. I mean vaguely assuming. All that they would have had to do, honestly, is show like in the beginning where they show oh five guy who murdered five people escapes. Just show the first paragraph of the story where it's like teenager Billy Simpson who murdered his sister and her four friends at a sleepover. That's it. That's all I needed. Like, it's, mm-hmm. that's all I need. And then I understand so much of the movie. Or just, like, because you opened with a, a radio contest of, 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 someone being, yeah. of someone winning something on the radio. It could have been the first paragraph of the story was spoken out loud. And, like, like you said, crazy teen, Billy, blah, 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 killed his four, sister and four friends at a sleepover. Click. Like, that's all. We, and then you're like, okay, I get it. Like, there's something there. Right. Right. But I do like him, like, hiding under the blanket, and the, the girl yanks the blanket off, and then he just, like, opens his eyes and is, like, like very 1930s monster movie, like, ah, at her. Uh, that's the gym teacher who does that, by the way, who pulls off the, the blanket. And they square off. He's got the drill, and she's got the fire poker. And the quote-unquote little sister is is hiding under the couch. And I was like, would you do something, please? Grab his ankle. <laughs> tuck and roll anything and go so make a does... table behind his knees so when he falls backwards he falls over you exactly but she just she does trip him and the um the gym teacher the coach or whatever starts hitting him with the fakest looking fire poker i've ever seen in my life yeah like it's very rubber yeah uh, it, it kind of bends like half like almost to 90 degrees when she hits him with it yeah and while she's hitting her hitting him the the lead girl runs in with a knife in slow-mo and stabs him once. And the gym teacher's like, whoa, you can't hit stab a guy. And I was like, let's not draw lines here. Like, let's, <laughs> this is kind of a free for all. Yeah. Anything goes like it's real Burger King. You can have it your way. <laughs> and, and then they end up fighting outside and she uses gym the teacher machete. Dies, by the way. She... Oh yeah. She does get the gym she teacher dies. Killed. There's a moment where the loner girl is trying to run up the stairs with a power drill and we keep seeing the cord getting shorter and shorter. And I was like, she's going to get yoinked down the stairs and slice herself open. That's I thought that happen. was going to happen, too. Yeah, that was going to be really cool, I thought. But no. It's I a power saw, was... by the way. Not that it matters. Oh, what did I say? Drill. It's, oh, again, yeah. not that it matters. Um, well, I wonder if that was in the original draft. That's what happened. That would be hilarious. Like a very uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil kind of thing. Oh, yeah, exactly. Like, I'm going to save you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and like, um, jabs it into her chest. So, and then she sees a like perfectly lit machete, like it's basically on a, <laughs> it's, a museum display. It's hero lit for sure. Yeah, and she picks it up, and it is the wobbliest, rubberiest <laughs> machete on film I think I've ever seen. But it's also apparently Excalibur because when she chops his saw or his drill bit in, she in the middle, it just threw it. Yeah, like, is the thing made out of diamonds? It just is like, whang! This Hattori Hanzo machete. <laughs> it's Hattori Hanzo, because then she chops off his hand. Yeah, which is really gnarly looking, very cool. But then he falls in the pool, 
And he hops out of the pool a few minutes later, like a very end of Die Hard situation, and like Wah! the final scare. But his hand is barely bleeding. Like it should be Monty Python bleeding. You know what I mean? Like just mm-hmm. really going for well, it. Well, apparently ruined that pool. Really? I didn't hear yeah. that. It was a, a reshoot. They weren't. That wasn't apparently the original ending. I don't know what the original ending was, but it said, "Hang on." According to the director, the movie was originally supposed to clock in about ninety minutes. There was a different ending. We reshot to punch it up. It must have been lame because I can't remember it. I think it was the same, but without the pool. We ruined that pool with the reshoot, but it was fun. Huh. I, I hope that she's being like funny, like they, you know, they had to re- like drain it or whatever. They didn't actually like ruin some poor bastard's pool. I have no idea. I hope so. But I needed. I don't know if you caught recently. But there's a uh, SNL skit in the James Franco episode in December where they kind of did a reprise of the Julia Child that Dan Aykroyd used to do, where he was like constantly cutting himself, and it was just like really blood spurty, like Monty Python esque blood spurts. And oh, I they, didn't they see had that. Franco doing that. It was. It's really good. He actually at one point spits the fake blood into Leslie Jones's mouth, and I think Leslie almost throws up for real. It's really funny. It's very, very, very bloody, but it's if you don't have a weak stomach for blood, it's very funny, worth your time. I will check that out. He's like a wrapping paper guy in the mall who just keeps cutting himself, and so he's just like literally squirting blood every it's really good. Huh. But anyway, uh, he comes back out of the pool and they fight some more, and then the one girl's laying down. It's very I, I, I know that we've talked about this at length before in other episodes, so we won't rehash it, but the slasher trope of the final girl killing a guy with a phallic weapon, she's almost literally holding the machete like a penis, like, between her legs, and he kind of, like, falls onto her almost in, like, you know, exactly on top of her and gets rammed through with a machete. Yeah. Dives onto her and gets impaled. Right. It's it's pretty ridiculous. It's such a weird But, yeah, movie. that's the end of the movie. Yeah. Uh, do you want to know a right, Would you fact? recommend it? Uh, yeah, go for it. Uh, the woman who directed this movie, um, do you know what her other uh, career choice was? It, she was. It was like this, you... or she could. She, or oh she could yes, have done yes, this other I did. Thing. Yes, yes, I do. She know. could have been an remember. editor on ET. Yeah, because she already yeah. was a good editor. Apparently, there is a fleet of like amazing female editors in Hollywood. Yeah, uh, the like, woman they're apparently the who... best. There was a woman who edited all of Quentin Tarantino's stuff, and when she passed away, I think his movies kind of took a hit for it. But she she was kind of instrumental in his in his things. I can't. I wish I could remember her name. I'm terrible at that. But he he has attributed a lot of his success to this woman being his editor. Mm-hmm. So would you recommend it? I'm really curious because like it's a it's a weird spot for me. It's so short. It's hard to like. It's hard to trash that. Like it's hard to not recommend it. Mm. I don't recommend it, but I don't. I don't say like stay away. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's weird it's too short because and it's fun. You know, and it's I, dumb. We all, and we often try to give a recommendation for like a good. Like I don't think this is quite the right movie you want to like put on with your friends and make fun of. Yeah, it doesn't quite dip all the way there, but it sort of does. Like it right. flirts with that line. Right. So it's it's hard to say because of that. Um, I, I don't think it's good. It's certainly not worth seeking out, but I think you could do worse if you were trying to do like a long slasher movie marathon. This again, cuts out all of the shit and it's just killing and breasts. Is do all you, you know what the sequel, the first sequel is? Uh, I saw a picture of it and it's a guy with a guitar with a drill. <laughs> it's an adult Courtney, the little sister. She and her friends are in a rock band and attacked by a supernatural killer with a power drilled guitar. Yeah, it's it's. I was trying to find pictures from this movie to send to you for our cover art, and I found a bunch from that with this guitar, and it's very weird. But yeah, apparently they made three of these. That's so weird. 
thank you guys so much for listening to the show. We really, really appreciate that. If you want to do us an extra favor, uh, help us start 2018 on the right foot, go to iTunes and review the show. If you don't use iTunes, do it wherever you get the show. But iTunes is the most helpful for us if you're able to do that. doesn't take very long, and we read them on the air. Don't forget you can find out more about the show at DissectingThe80s.com, uh, Facebook.com slash DissectingThe80s, Twitter.com slash DissectThe80s. You can also email us at DissectingThe80s at gmail.com or call us at 856-D-I-S-S-E-C-T. Uh, we always like to hear from listeners. Gotten some cool fan mail in the last year or six months or so, and we really appreciate that. So keep it coming. It's always nice to hear from you all out there in podcast land. Slashuary continues in two weeks. We will return with House on Sorority Row, which I am very much looking forward to. R.I.P. Carrie Fisher. Yeah, I know. I have been Trip Lano. And I will always be Andrew Lano. Until January 29th. Don't you forget about me. Dissecting the 80s is a chum sum of this production. Ow.